Horrific Network Entertainment. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all... Okay, welcome to an episode of The Screening Room brought to you by Shalita Shirts. I've got a Shalita shirt on right now and Batman one. Our buddy Shalita doing his own t-shirt design thing. And uh, you can find a link to the store in our uh, show notes. If you go to our Public store, he has a variety of Horrific Network exclusive ones that he has done just for our store too. But yeah, Shalita shirts. Go get your uh, 8-bit nerd shit on. I'm ordering a phone case to see how the quality of that is. I'm here with a fucking horrific network blast from the past. Like the original, like probably 50 podcasts this guy was a big part of. Tyler, what's going on? Hey, glad to be here. Uh, We are here for the exclusive fan event world premiere of the Batman. We'll be right back here in a minute. The world premiere of the Batman, Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, Colin Farrell. Uh, it's wild, the makeup on Colin Farrell. You have not, like, seen anything, huh? No, I haven't seen a thing on it. Oh, I've shit. avoided everything. Yeah. Hi. So, anxiously awaiting the reviews for this thing are, like, really fucking good. Like... Everybody is loving this movie. My only concern is is because... It's holding at an 87. My only real concern is is obviously Robert Pattinson. Like, is he typecast as just somebody in Twilight and that's all you're going to see him as? I I don't think so. Just from his other shit that he's done... He's done some horror movies that he's been really good in, so... I, I haven't seen anything else he's been in. Oh, shit, so, yeah. yeah. That, you gotta, like, watch him in other shit. So... I think he has shed the Edward persona. Yeah. I think when he was in that Harry Potter movie... Oh, yeah. Was that bad, was totally yeah. that vibe, but after that, I don't think... You know, by the time Twilight was over, the next film that he did i think he actually stepped away from that like um way faster than she has that's for sure okay so i think she still kind of has that whole vibe hanging over her no matter what she's done she's tried to do more independent stuff he i think is theatrically trained like professional theater in britain trained so he actually has like skill okay so I think that I don't know did you ever read Long Halloween or Year One or any of those like older no I haven't um Long Halloween in Year One like Bruce is still kind of fucked up mentally uh huh and he is very like Batman has the whole complex that he'll never kill anyone yeah tied to his parents dying that's why the whole Joker and him have the thing back and forth and that's why he can never truly defeat the Joker because right the only way he can yes right correct Um, that's the whole joke there's I think there's the killing joke is when he paralyzes Barbara Gordon but I think there's another 
story I'll have to tell Shirley to ask him if there's another story with Joker called Joke other than the Kelly joke I feel like there is but that is his whole overall joke is that that man will never kill him this Bruce Wayne that we're going to see is someone that might consider it oh really yeah and I thought he I thought there was a comic that came out where he actually did kill the Joker I think there are some sub stories within DC that the Joker dies. I'm reading one right now where he. I don't know if you've ever seen the like the art of the Joker, and he looks like his face is stapled back on. Yeah, yeah. The whole story behind that is that he tells Batman, "When you take your cow off, you're somebody different. When I take mine off, I'm still the fucking Joker." And he cuts his face off. Oh. Uh, and then he like in this story, I'm right now is when he breaks into the police station and he steals his face back and glues it back to him. So, I was just like, fuck, that's kind of (laughs) deep. Like, that's a a Star Wars type level of uh, dark right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll be curious if you can point out who Colin Farrell, I'm not even going to tell you who he is. Okay. I'm not going to make yours right now. Okay, perfect. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not going to tell you who Colin Farrell is. Okay. And I'll be curious to see if you if, can if figure, I can it, figure out. it out. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. there's no way... I don't think you'll figure it out. There's no way I would have figured it out. I looked at the cast list one day, so I was trying to remember the guy's name who was the Riddler. It's Paul, Paul Dano. And I was like, I am Dean him to see what he was in. Yeah. And... Uh, I saw Colin Farrell, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then I saw who he's playing, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, that's kind of a clue. Yeah. But uh, you would never, ever, like, look at him and be like, yeah. oh, that's Colin Farrell. Now, I, I will say, and this might be an unpopular opinion, but the Joker movie that came out with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix did a good job, but I do not like that movie. That movie, Shalita and I actually had this conversation. That movie, that performance is really good. He won an Academy Award. Yeah. But that movie is not a movie that you're going to rewatch a bunch of times. No, I watched it once, and I have no desire to see it again. It is very, very, very thick. And it's... I think a lot of it immediately hits home when the laugh is like a disorder. Yeah. Like, they immediately pull at those strings... And that, like, and then he has a super fucked up, and then the twist that it's all this, this sociopathic twisted psychedelic. Where, like, half of it didn't happen. Yeah. Man, I was just like, holy shit, that, and that's, that is what broke him. Yeah. Like, he goes to Bruce's, he has that exchange with Bruce, and he's kind of convinced by the ghost of his mom that Thomas Wayne is his father. Yeah. But. You know, Thomas Wayne tells him to fuck off. Yeah. And that, I guess, would you would consider as, like, the full breaking point, because yeah. then he puts the makeup on. Yeah. But, Because, uh, I mean... It is, like, this slow burn of this yeah. dude mentally snapping. You're right. It's not an easy movie to watch at all. Because I think there's a distinct difference between a good performance and a good movie. You could have somebody do a good performance in a bad movie. It, just because somebody does a good performance doesn't make it a good movie. Now let me ask you this: There's so many variations of each character in the comic books. Like, 
DC and Marvel. There's yes. fucking variations. Yes. DC movie-wise is doing the variation thing. So that Joker does not exist in this Batman. It's okay. a different, different Joker. Different Joker. In the same, like, Heath Ledger, different. Yeah. Uh, Bat, uh, ben Affleck, different. It Thank smells you. good, so I hope it tastes good. Okay. okay. Um, any appetizers or anything you guys want to start off right now? Um, I'm okay for right now. Okay. I don't know. Do you want anything to eat? Um, let's see. Actually, do you still have, like, steak quesadilla? You don't have any quesadilla. No quesadilla. Not a quesadilla, no. They have nachos in this happy hour one right here. There's a whole bunch of like cool little like, tacos and wings and shrimp. Can, right. I, can I get the sizzling steak bites? Yeah. Um, no mushrooms. Uh, yeah. Spicy. Spicy. How do you want it cooked? Uh, how about medium? Medium. Yeah. Okay. I'll do the. Uh, what's the difference between the single shot nachos and the CHL nachos? So those just come with beans at that price, mostly when I add chicken or steak for an upcharge and they're like big, versus this one already comes with some uh, steak on it and they're a good size like like this. We'll do that. Yeah, absolutely. I'll get that going for you, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Um, and so Marvel, like they all exist in the same universe for the most part, all those movies. So what do you what do you like? Do you like the more real along with the Does it have to be movie? Because actually my favorite Joker rendition is actually from like the Arkham Asylum, Arkham City games. I was telling my buddy I need to like re-download those and play them again. You do, like because Mark Hamill voices those and I think he does an amazing job. He him did you watch the Long Halloween cartoon? No, I did not. That guy sounds exactly like Hamill. It was crazy. I thought it was Mark Hamill and they just like didn't advertise it or something. Yeah. But it's not. It's this other guy, and I was just like, holy smokes. But the if you if you played those games, those are my favorite renditions of the Joker. Um, if, if I He's a to, cool Joker. If I had to pick a movie one, it would have to be Heath Ledger, of course. Like, yeah, he he made that he made that character. I mean, he definitely took it to a real Jack Nicholson. I think is like a great bridge between the Adam West Joker and the Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah, I think that if you look at it like that, um, Cesar Romero. Jack, he, like, they always do, like, those fan art things of, like, everyone who's played a role, yeah. like, lined up. Like, when you see them side by side, like, and you think of them, like, in that chronological order. Yeah. Um, it's kind of interesting that the, the role of Batman is more, way more of a roller coaster. Because Keaton goes dark with Tim Burton, yeah. and then Burton leaves. And they start the Val uh, uh, Kumar, George Clooney, two mm-hmm. uh, nipples and crotches, hardcore nipples and crotches. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, I haven't found it, but there's like behind the scenes footage that Tommy Lee Jones and uh, Jim Carrey hated each other. Really? Like Tommy Lee Jones hated Jim Carrey. Wow. There's, you see, I actually liked Jim Carrey as the Riddler. They are all really good as a continuation to the Adam West. Yeah. Like the campy, I, 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 super bright, super. Uh, I do remember that over TV the top. Show. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so, like, I have memories of that TV show, like, re-airing on whatever, I don't know what channel it was. I forget what channel it was, yeah. But, like, Batman and Robin in Ices. Yeah. Because of Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Um, Batman surfing. I mean, how, how long were those, like, like doing the POW symbols and stuff around? For oh, yeah. yeah. That's where that came from. Yeah. The whole, the POW transition or the spin. Yeah. Yeah. That, and the... Da, 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 da. Yeah. That's totally Batman and uh, Adam Weston and uh, Burt Ward. And they would do, like, every once in a while, there'd be one with them in the Batmobile and it would zoom in and out and all yeah. that shit. Yeah, totally. Um, this movie, I think, is going to be The Dark Knight. It may even be darker than The Dark Knight. You think so? I think this is going to be like the Zodiac. Like the Bam- If Batman was a Zodiac movie, this is going to be that. Do you th- like the, the best kind of crossover that you could do. Do you think Robert Pattinson's going to be able to pull off the combat scenes? Because, I mean, those, those can be difficult. So... Yeah, because I don't think it's over the top. Like, he's not, like, flipping and shit. shit yeah. He's throwing punches and kicks, headbutts. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I think he should be fine. He is in good shape, so it's just, yeah. like... I'd be different if it was, like, Tim Allen or something. Yeah, I mean, I think that's always been kind of a hindrance in the Batman movies is the suit is so cumbersome that it's hard for the actor to... We'll be right back. Hold on one second. Okay, we are now walking over into the theater. Tyler, what is your final prediction for how you're going to score this film out of 10? So... uh, I'm hoping for it to be... I'm hoping an 8. An optimistic eight. Damn, okay. I was going to say an 8.5 to a 9. I'm going to lean. I'm going to expect it to be like a 9, but I'm going to lean realistically more to an 8.5. But also because I haven't seen anything about it, so I literally have no idea what it's going to look like. Yeah, I think it's going to be far beyond your expectation, like of what you're kind of like in your mind expecting just based on past Batman movies yeah uh, I think it's going to pass that fast like within the first 10 minutes of the movie I'm hoping so because if it, if it does that within the first 10 minutes I don't see it getting worse than that yeah um, did you watch the Eternals yes I did so Druid okay is rumored heavily to beat this universe's Joker Oh, okay. Um, in one of the trailers, um, he fights a dude with, like, clown makeup, but he's, like, a, a henchman. Okay. Um, but it pretty much, like, why would they have fucking clown makeup on? Like, yeah. a group of 12 dudes, all clown makeup. Probably because they're working for Joker. Um, so... How do you feel about that kid being the Joker? Druid. Tyler fucking hates it. Tyler hates it. (laughs) 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 Like, that was the deepest fucking no sigh I've ever heard in my life. 
<laughs> Holy shit, Tyler hates it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Do my chances of it being an eight just drop? We'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what there is to see here once we get inside. We'll be back. Here, actually, let's take it to a interview with the cast of the Batman, Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, um, Paul Dano, Colin Farrell, all uh, talking here to uh, some of the staff from Fandango, talking about their experience on the Batman, what viewers can expect, yada, yada. Enjoy the interview. And we'll be back afterwards to give our... start off asking you guys a question I like to ask people on dates instead of asking people for their zodiac sign because I feel like that can be really cringy and I love asking this question because I feel like you can learn a lot about a person based off their answer and that is who is your Batman the guy's been around like 80 years I feel like we all have a Batman that's defined a part of our lives so briefly tell us who your Batman is and Rob I'd love to start with you because I'm jealous of the kids coming up now that get to experience you as their first Batman you actually asked that on dates. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your Batman? I need to know. That's a legit question. I need to know if it's Clooney. I need to know if it's. Oh Mal. right, right. I thought you meant like in Mar- my life. I was thinking Maradona. I was going to go with Maradona. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how I was going to make it make any sense. I mean, I weirdly got to try on every single Batman outfit for my uh, screen test to see actually which Batman I was. Not Adam West. Apart from animals, yeah, yeah, I was just making sure. That was a great <laughs> visual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great laugh. And um, my head was only the only person who had a large enough head for me to fit into wow. the cow was, was Clooney, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Everyone else, I did not realize that everyone else has quite small heads. And, uh, but I didn't fit into the. So it's, not, it's not really what you're asking. Like, no, this is uh, kind of. But yeah, when I got into the, that, so so because you you could judge it. The most the most important thing was the cowl. I could only fit into Clooney's cowl, but then his suit I could not fit into, and uh, so I kind of had like a very vulnerable midsection kind of groin area. <laughs> you're where, saying Clooney was tight in the groin? No, it's just I, I think he's a little bit it, bigger than tight in the groin. Yeah. I thought Clooney was really tall. Like, I mean, I'm like, like, like six one or something. Yeah, Clooney hates you right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the suit that has the nipples on it, right? It does. Yeah. I swear a couple of them had nipples. I think one of them has like one nipple. But like, <laughs> <laughs> like, Pierced. But, Paul, uh, <laughs> Batman. This is my Batman. Yeah, um, awesome. No, you know, I, I remember being a kid and seeing the Tim Burton film and when Bruce Wayne's parents get killed, like, it was awful to watch as a kid. It's like, I think it's every kid's fever, right? It's like losing their parents. So I love that film. So I guess Michael Keaton was my first Batman. What about you, Jeff? Oh, it's Adam West. 100%. Yeah, see, your question, I think, just uh, dates your date. You're just, you're just going after the age. Because, yes, <laughs> I, I, uh, I mean, I, I was, you know, like, what, seven, eight years old. And... Uh, it was after school, it was Batman. It was Batman, it was Speed Racer, Ultraman, little Gilligan's Island thrown in. <laughs> but the Batman was, uh, was Adam West. And I mean, that was just, Matt and I talked about it a bit because, you know, we look at it now and it's kind of camp and it's, you know, the pastels and all of that. But when you're a kid, when you, I mean, that was serious. It was serious business. It was yeah. serious, like, you know, <laughs> heroism and 
and it, it was cool. Seem... It was modern. Yeah, I remember because it was it was replayed on English TV. Like, yeah, so I, I used fun. to watch it all the time, and I never thought. I mean, I didn't yeah. really know what the difference was, but I mean, I thought it was a really serious show. Yeah, and yeah. the performances are just. I mean, Cesar Romero and Eartha yeah. Kitt and mm. and Burgess mm. Meredith mm. and all. I mean, just like I mean, it was just brilliant brilliant stuff for a kid so yeah that was when I used to make a little bat cave on the sofa and like kind of you know do my whole thing and I was well into it well into it wow. but Adam West 100% I love tells that. you how old I am <laughs> that show still holds up too Zoe who's yours Rob has Rob's my Batman it's gotta my be Batman. yeah <laughs> will you be my Batman <laughs> <laughs> sounds like Valentine's yes say yes oh yes yeah thanks <laughs> and Colin who was yours Ed two Jeffries, Adam West, and and also Paul was saying Tim Burton. Uh, so I'll double dip. Yeah, when I was a child, pre-10, um, just come home from school and watch Adam West in his version. And then, which wasn't camp at all. Of course it wasn't. It was life or death and it was intriguing. And I mean, they circle each other every episode. The Riddler, Penguin, Joker, and Catwoman. And they just, I watched it recently with my son and it's, extraordinary how often they all bump into each other in broad daylight <laughs> uh, and so looking back in that way it's kind of ridiculous but it was wonderful at the time and it's still really enjoyable but then Tim Burton you know when I was beginning to feel I suppose the recognition of certain anxieties and discomforts as a young man like 13 mm -hmm. or 14 or 15 then I related to the world that Tim Burton Michael Keaton's mm -hmm. Batman and, and his his kind of beautiful kind of awkwardness which even though he was awkward of course he had a confidence so it was kind of almost like, wow, you can be awkward in yourself and, and rub up against the world mm. with awkwardness and yet you can have an inner strength. That's, that's an interesting concept to hold as a, as a young man mm. or a boy becoming yeah. a man. Yeah, it's so beautifully said and he means so much to us in like so many different ways, which is what I love. I think you were right about dating too because mine was Kevin Conroy, Batman, the animated oh, series. So I'm a 90s say, kid yeah. and I, that's the action figure I had. Mm. And Rob, I was actually watching an interview you did years ago where you said that you were looking at a Batman action figure and you couldn't wrap your head around the fact that you were Batman. Kind of so I wanted to know, when was the first moment you truly felt like Batman? Was it when you put on the suit, when you got in the car, first fight scene? I mean, there's two, there's, there's two different versions. There's one version where you kind of feel like Batman. I mean, there's another kind of realization where you realize you actually are playing him. And I think like, even when I look at the poster, in the back room here, I still can't really understand that it's even <laughs> it's happening. Like, but but there's definitely there were definitely moments where you're kind of you put on the suit. Actually, to be honest, it was on the uh, the camera test, and when we did, it was the first time I had the full um, uh, suit on, and people start kind of behaving differently around you. It has such a kind of totemic power, and like the crew looked a little bit scared. I mean, there's something, it's really weird. If you don't say anything, you're just standing there, you're just kind of, <laughs> you're just kind of, people get freaked out by it. Um, so yeah, probably on the probably on the camera test thing. Yeah, people are stoked on this suit, man. The way it catches light, the way it accentuates like your enviable jawline. And it feels like it has a lot of movability, which I think will lend itself to some really cool fights. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Bruce Wayne because Darwin Cook has a Batman comic called Batman Ego, mm -hmm. which to me is just fascinating because he separates Batman and Bruce Wayne and they have a conversation with each other about what it is they actually do, which I think is so interesting because it's in the same way where we all struggle with our own egos on a daily basis. So Rob, did you approach Bruce Wayne and Batman as two separate people? Um, kind of. I mean, I, kind of, I love that comic. 
and uh, and there are quite a few of them when when Bruce is kind of kind of having a bit of an existential crisis and and even the way he becomes Batman I mean literally a bat smashes through the window and he's like oh I'm gonna be a bat and like I mean it's not really a normal kind of guy and I was and I I got really obsessed with thinking that there was there's an element of like mysticism in it as well and kind of how much power he kind of imbues in, into the suit I mean he really thinks when he puts on the suit he's no longer Bruce it's not because there's in, in other talents of the story they kind of really successfully kind of rationalize why he's wearing the suit and it's to scare superstitious criminals and stuff and I think in this one kind of what I got from Ego and, and uh, from quite a few other comics is um, he he believes it he, when he believes it he puts on the suit he disappears and I thought it was interesting to kind of think that Bruce feels um, as himself impotent to help anybody and um, and Avengers parents he needs to completely embrace his alter ego and so in our telling of the story like Bruce hasn't really got control of his persona as Bruce yet mm. like he's just he's a recluse like he's a recluse and he's not he's not the kind of playboy that we've seen in other tongues of the story like he's he's a freak he's a freak he's, I mean I don't have not necessarily a freak. He just doesn't really go out that much. Um, he's also dressing up as a. Bat. He's dressing up as a bat, but he kind of he wants to he wants to be Batman the whole time, which is mm. kind of a lot of the comics are about that. Where it's kind of he thinks that Batman is his true self, but in this it kind of uh, alludes to it a lot more than usual. I mean, he really he doesn't want to do anything else, and um, I thought it was quite interesting. It is interesting. Struggling and hasn't quite made sense. In, in the way that a lot of other tellings, there's like a too, almost too much clarity in like why yeah. I'm doing what I do. Mm. And I, I, I get from you and from the film that you think you maybe know why you're doing what you're doing, but actually you're too much it's in the thick of that struggle mm. yeah. Yeah. that it will be revealed. It's almost like, I mean, I could talk about all day whether or not Bruce Wayne is the actual mask here, but someone who understands Batman, I think very intimately is Catwoman, played by you, Zoe. And this is an origin story for Selena, which I think is very exciting for all of us as fans. Who, who does Selena Kyle want to be? And like, what is it that she understands about Batman? Who does she want to be? I mean, in this story, I don't really know if that's what she's thinking about. You know, I think she really wants to be free from her past, I think, in this story. You know, I think she's trying to liberate herself um, from a lot of trauma and a lot of pain. And, um, you know, the cat woman that we know and love who's really able to relish and enjoy the chaos, she's not quite there yet, you know? so. It's a, it's a really interesting place to, to meet her. And um, I think she really um, is struck by the connection she has with Batman because I think both of them are people who never feel seen or connect to anybody. And I think it's a little scary to meet someone who affects you the way that we affect each other. Yeah, there's definitely a vibe there. <laughs> there's and, definitely a vibe there. Yeah, <laughs> I could have just strays. said that. Yeah. Well, I, I have a thing for strays. It's fantastic. Yeah, that was a last minute ad oh, too. It was fantastic. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Really, it's very romantic mm -hmm. and, and heartfelt. Yeah. I think you also see like a young woman like fighting for her life exactly. in a messed up city. Yeah. yeah. You know? yeah. And, and I think that's good. Yeah, it it's, 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 I, like um, it. I think <laughs> refreshing <laughs> to not romanticize the character too much where she's, again, you know, just having a great time being mischievous. I think she really is 
a woman trying to survive, and that's something you know we don't see a lot in these films. Yeah, Paul, I love that you brought that up too, because Zoe, I was reading an interview you did where you said, Batman's like the masculine and Catwoman is like the feminine. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to speak for all women, but personally, sometimes I feel like we have to lead with our masculine so much, mm -hmm. especially in the workplace. So I wanted to ask you, like, how did you get in touch with your feminine for this role? Because it's a very vulnerable place to be. Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good question. You know, I think um, it's interesting, like the idea of being in your power, right? And I think a lot of us associate power with masculinity. And so oftentimes, as a woman, when you want to feel powerful, I think we can imitate masculine power. Um, and so I really wanted to allow myself to be soft and to take my time and to trust that she's a badass without having to lead with any kind of bravado. Yeah. Oh, love it. I can't wait to see your Catwoman. Really, I can't wait to see all your characters because they're all unlike any of the versions we've seen in the previous live actions, especially Jim Gordon, Jeffrey. I think what's so, what makes me so stoked about this film is it's a detective story. And I feel like we've just all been craving that from Batman. Mm -hmm. And it feels like Gordon and Batman are like partners in this one. So what excited you about bringing this version of Jim Gordon to life? And how did that detective story and angle influence your portrayal of him? Well, you know, it's, a, it's very much a throwback in that way, the film. It's a throwback to, it's not an origin story of Batman, but in some ways it's kind of an origin story of the series in that it begins in detective comics. It's about mysteries and, and crime solving, and he's the world's greatest detective. And so we really focus on that, and it gives us, gives Gordon an opportunity to really be in the middle of things. And, you know, he's still um, Lieutenant Gordon not commissioner, so he's on the street. And so much of what I do is informed by what Rob does, what, the, you know, so we're, you know, it's all, people ask going, how does, how is this different than me? It's different because we're working with Rob, you know, we're all working together and working with, with within Matt's vision and James Chinlin's vision uh, uh, of Gotham and Greg Frazier's lighting and all, that's what's different about what I've done um, with this, <laughs> you know, because, uh, Every, you know, I mean, you know, I've said before, but, you know, Gary Oldman is one of the most influential actors that's out there for me personally. Wow. And I saw Sid and Nancy. Mm. It just blew my head open to the possibility of what we were able to do mm. in terms of uh, freedom and um, intensity. And, and just like, it just, you know, it just opened my head up, my, my head up. So I have ma you know, massive, massive respect for the actors who've come before and played this role. But what differentiates me from them is I get to work with these folks, you know? Yeah. So Let's talk about these folks and who makes up the Gotham criminal underworld. Paul, this is the first time Riddler is at the center of a Batman live action movie in over 25 years. Wow. I'm sure fans are wondering how good is he at Wordle, but I want to know. <laughs> What drew you to the Riddler? Like, what did you read and see in the script where you were like, I want to play this guy? Well, I was totally surprised and blown away by the script. Uh, and, you know, this day and age, you have to ask why, why are we going to reinterpret, you know, the Batman, right? And uh, right from the get-go of Matt's script, he had a really clear point of view uh, of, of what he was bringing to this film you could see the film as you read it. Uh, and something that I was really 
moved by was that he was exploring the two sides of trauma, maybe. And, you know, the Batman is born of trauma, right? Bruce Wayne losing his parents. And, and some people are able to take that and use it as fuel. And sometimes that fuel can lead towards something potentially good. And I think sometimes people take that fuel and, and it takes them. I guess I was really interested also in the mask and the idea that a vigilante in our world, you know, we can see what we, we often can see what we want to see. And uh, even though to a lot of people the Batman stands for good, I can tell you that I, I as my character, saw him representing exactly what I wanted to as a, as a great source of inspiration and, and, and power. And so there was some awesome gray in the morality uh, of Gotham and in the idea of good and bad. Mm. Just felt super complex and thrilling and deep. And, uh, and I, I mean, I, I was, I'm still so excited about it. Ugh. Well, we're so excited to see it. But speaking of inspiration, Colin, let's talk about Penguin because I was looking at a dossier of like all the roles you've had in your life and they're just so fantastical. And when I think people think of Penguin, they think of like Umbrellas and Danny DeVito. So how did you take this character and how did you conceive Penguin into your own version while still maintaining all the things that this character's like endured? And what was it like having that suit on? Like, how are how are you guys reacting to him, like with that no, suit? No, it was fun. It was that we had a day. I read the script first. I look. I loved Matt's films, um, and I think he's an extraordinary filmmaker. And I think, however large a scale he may present his films in, there's always something incredibly immediate and personal mm -hmm. at the core of his films. Mm -hmm. Um, which is a testament to just his true interest, not just as a, as a painter and as a filmmaker and somebody who presents these really beautiful aesthetics through the, the medium of film, but somebody who really is concerned with the human condition, Matt, as a man and an artist. Yeah. So when I read the script, I found all those things that I had recognised in his previous work were alive and well and presented, of course, in a new way and in a new world, a world that's very familiar to us all as either comic book lovers or film lovers of... of Batman as a, as a character, but was incredibly new and original. And so I was so gripped by the script and I just wanted to be part of it. Um, I didn't know what I could do with it until when I read Penguin, I was kind of, I didn't, I, I found it hard to find out where he was and his trajectory as a man and his trajectory as a criminal, because I know he's, the Penguin that I felt we found was very aspirational, had dreams about power and dreams about getting uh, out from beneath the shadow of his own. Um, what he perceived as his own disfigurement and how he had been judged as well for looking maybe the way he looks and for being the way he is. So he very gingerly compensates, I don't even say overcompensates, but is compensated through the use of violence and his street smarts in a world that's been very hard for him to deal with. So all those things were, were there having talked to Matt and the one thing Matt always wanted to be aware of with this film and I think it's really, really clear when you see it is everything is grounded, everything is believable. Everything is practically reachable through your understanding as a human being and physically as possible as well. Um, but the, the makeup and the thing, yeah, 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 so that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. So I, honestly, when I read the script, I was kind of like, all this shit that I just said, but then I, I read the script, I also was gone. I don't really know what to do with. And then Matt showed me Mike Marino's design 
for what the penguin's visage was going to look like. And as soon as he showed me the design, I swear to God, Naz, the second he showed me the design, I, I got so... And the script is fantastic. It was my myopia shortcoming as an actor that I was struggling to see how I would find my way in with the five or six scenes that Penguin had. When I saw what Mike Marino created with the makeup, I just got so excited. And we had a makeup test out in Warner Brothers Studios one day, and there was eight or nine people there you know, someone to do the teeth, someone to do the wig, someone to do the this, someone to do four people who were applying things. And it was so exciting. And we were all just on the same page. There was like eight, nine, ten of us there. And we were all, and I'd done a bit of dialect work. So as soon as the makeup went on, the dialect came in a little bit. And it was just fun. I, it was just so much fun. It was such a, and so many people, it didn't feel like my creation alone. Like I'm just part of a right. team that brought that stuff to life, you know, starting with Matt and his, his genesis of, of, of what he wrote on the page. Wow. Well, after hearing that, I mean, we're so excited to see him fun, in this. Fun. And in the spin off. It's a freebie. I'm not even there. <laughs> I'm not even there. Like, if anyone wants to give me a bad review, I go, f yourself. It's not even there. <laughs> That's why I said Mike Marino. It's like, no, give it to the makeup artist. That's yeah. amazing. If I'm well, good, you said it's you're amazing. all on the same page, though. Everyone's on the same page. Yeah. That's amazing. I, the fact that we're even getting more from that character and from yours, Jeffrey, and also your laughs have just been killing me this whole interview. Can I say I love your laugh so much? Oh, my laugh. Yeah. Right now. Um, I love that we're just getting more in all these spin-off series, but speaking of more, I want to ask you a question, Rob, that I think everyone's going to be thinking when they walk out of the theater. How long do you want to play Batman? Forever. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was so fun doing it. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm down to do it as many times as, as people want to see it, really. <laughs> like, I mean, I've got to go get this one out first. Um... um but yeah, like, I mean, I've talked to Matt about the idea of doing a trilogy and uh, and that would be wonderful. I mean, I, I really, really enjoyed the process and it's such a fun character to play. And yeah, that'd be, that'd be lovely. Lovely. There's so much room <laughs> for this Batman to grow. Too. Yes, really, big time. I think you it come needs that. Big time. Is what it's Evan, we want to see the evolution step. of Bruce Wayne yeah. in this big time. He's a giant party boy. I mean, that no, is I, I'm really, that is something I think, <laughs> but I think because you're such a recluse, Bruce is such a recluse in this film, to see Bruce evolve into the person that knows he has to perform and be on a yacht with some, like that's a really yeah. fun journey to, to go on. I really, no and truly. Alfred's like, you need to be Batman again. He's like, I'm at a part, I'm at fashion. Yeah, I'm having a mojito. <laughs> <laughs> this is a big deal for you guys. And when we do things that are a big deal in life, there's the anticipation of it, then there's the doing it, and then there's the coming out on the other side of it, which mm. is where you guys are now. But I feel like we're in this sweet spot right now where you guys are done filming, but you haven't shared it with the world yet. So I just want to capture right now, how are you feeling in this moment? And we'll just question. go down the line. Thanks, Zoe. Yeah. Honestly, I was saying, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see, I don't usually get, I'm a bit of a grump sometimes when it comes to films and stuff that I do, and, uh, yeah. and I can easily kind of be disparaging, you know, but um, try not to, I'm really, I'm genuinely excited about this. I'm just excited to be a part of it, and I'm excited to have worked with these actors, and I'm excited to be in the world that, that Matt envisioned and, and that was creative production design and lit by Greg and all of it. I'm, I'm really excited to just be a part of it. Yeah, truly. Yeah, it's a really it's a really special moment. You know, I think you know even if we continue to make these films, for the you know this moment will never happen again for the first film to come out. And there's something bittersweet about it because it's not ours anymore. You know, I think when you put art into the world, it just it stops being um, our little you know creation and. Um, 
so you know it's the end of something and also the beginning of something and it's mm -hmm. it's really special yeah. yeah and I think uh, after a kind of very difficult strange period to, to be a part of something which has this fan base is still has such an anticipation for it. They're very, very excited. You kind of really feed off it. Like, I mean, there's like, we're in a period where there's hardly any movies coming out in the cinema at the moment. And like, to have this level of anticipation, it's just, it's lovely. And it kind of makes you, it gives you hope for cinema. It gives you hope for the movies that come afterwards. And, um, and yeah, it's just, a, it's a real privilege to be a part of it. I got and so the, excited seeing Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, yeah. The very different films and all that, whatever. Um, but really excited. I got caught up in the global energy. It yeah. was my awareness that people all around the world were going with their kids or their friends or their mm -hmm. lovers or whatever an and really having this experience. The cultural and moment, yeah. I have no expectations for how many people are going to like this, love it, not like it, have a gripe with it or any of that. But I, I do believe, and I was saying it to Matt when Matt finished the film, I sent him a text and I said, I, I hope because he, he's Matt worked. I, I don't oh know how God. the man is saying. Oh I kind of worried about him. I, I'm still worried. I swear to God, like, I said, yeah. you need to go into a forest, cut down yeah. some trees cry for six weeks yeah. like you know build no, no, a fire no, no. eat some chestnuts like someone check on Matt Reeves what's my point oh yeah I sent him a text saying so you know, excited saying I hope you ha can grasp mm. that you're going to move and bring a lot of entertainment and joy into so many like millions of people's lives even if it does badly he's going to do that in millions of people's lives well I think the thing though um particularly about this, you know, making this film. We made it over a long period of time, you know, in kind of, you know, in unusual circumstances, but circumstances that we've all around the world experienced. And there's also a sense now that we can't trust certain things. There's a sense of uncertainty and a sense of fluidity. But with these characters, these films, this story back in 80 years, mm. characters that are known, loved, um, audiences, people yearn for them because they trust them. There's something that you can hold on to. Even the Riddler, I trust the I know what the Riddler is <laughs> going to be. I trust yeah, yeah, that yeah. he's going it's to be the Riddler. Reference. And I think there's something, there's something I've, you know, as I kind of take in the passion that fans have for this, you know, mm -hmm. as you kind of sense it. And I think it's, it's, it's something around that. It's something that um, in a shifting world, at a shifting time, people can hold on to with both hands. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I'm pretty stoked that we can, you know, finally give over to them what we've been churning out, you know, over these or over the year and a half or however long it was that we worked on it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and finally just let it out there and hope people um, trust it. And I hope people go to the theater. I, if you're able to yeah, go to the theater, same. this is a movie. You will have the rest of your life to watch it at home. But this film, yeah. this kind of film, is why big screens yeah. exist. You know, so I really urge people to, to if they are able to, to go see this in the cinema because it's an experience. And to be alive in this moment, to have the opportunity to see it, to see it on a on a screen that big is pretty special. It's. Really amazing. Couldn't have said it better myself. Guys, tickets are on sale right now. I think I speak for everyone when I say congratulations and thank you and let the countdown begin. Cool. Thank Thanks, you. Guys. Thank you. All right, so the movie is over. Tyler, what did you think of Robert Pattinson as Batman? Actually, really good. Uh, 
What did you think of like the brutalness of the kills? <laughs> the brutalness of what? Of the uh, kills from like the Riddler. It was actually. It was good. It was definitely more uh, than I thought it would be. It's almost like a horror movie at some point. Almost. Kind of like. Uh, reminds you of Saw a little bit. Not as bad, but. Like yeah. A watered down version of that. Also, he was pretty brutal at some point. Yeah, I will say the. Uh, Interesting choice to have happen now for what happens to him. Yeah. Um, the Riddler was very creepy. The Falcone, Maroni, and Oswald Cobblepot crime aspect of it was, I thought, done pretty well. Colin Farrell was a good penguin. Colin Farrell was an excellent penguin. Um, yeah, it really was a well-done film. Where would you put it in the uh, Batmans for you? Oh, I think I would put it... I would still say The Dark Knight is the top, and I would say this is just under that. Well, okay. So, I'm actually going to say I still like Tim Burton's the most, I think. And then uh, this is probably right under that. I think this is right there with, uh, right paralleled with The Dark Knight. I don't think it, to call it better is probably not fair, but to call it as good is pretty close, I think, so... Uh, I was pleasantly surprised with how good this movie turned out. I think so, too. It, 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 they didn't try to make them too much of a superhero, like, unrealistic. So I like, I like that. I think, too, that... Uh, there was a lot of things that they could have tried to like force into one movie and they didn't. Yeah. I'm glad, um, I'm glad they didn't try to do like too many characters all at once. Yeah, it almost would have been better off because the whole bridge collapsing flooding thing is its own story. Yeah. And it would have been better if they just didn't even do that. That there was no real reason to do it. Yeah, I think that was just at the end it seemed like there was starting to be too many endings yeah so I agree the whole the whole flooding thing I think that could have they could have helped out on that it's kind of weird that they and now we're getting into spoilers but it was kind of weird that they put the Riddler in Arkham and there was still like 20 minutes left and like the last real bad guy that they fought was just some like Riddler schmo yeah I mean I was a little disappointed with how they caught us Felt very anticlimactic. Yeah. But the scene with him and the Joker was pretty cool. It was a nice blend 
like we talked about earlier, the blend in between dark and campy. Like they did the laugh at the end, like almost like the Jim Carrey, Tommy Lee Jones characters. Anyway, man, so I think we both really thought it was good. I think I'm going to say it's an 8 out of 10. What would you say? Yeah, okay. So 8 out of 10, check it out. And uh, we will be back with more content.